P-S-N-Y. Living in an adult world is exhausting and it's tough, isn't it, James? Oh, being an adult is the worst. I can't I can't even imagine doing this for like 60 more years. I want to get to the point where I'm looking at buying a house because then it's like, all right, I'm not moving until I die. So this is this is just great. Right now I'm like, ah, can I just get a place until at least December? Like I just find a new apartment that will at least be six months so I don't have to move twice in one month. Like I looked at a new place and they were like, yeah, like we were just looking for someone to take over for August. And I was like, what do you mean you're looking for someone to take over for August? You said you wanted somebody to, to get on the lease. That's one month. I'm going to have to move twice in one month. I don't want to do that. That sounds fucking horrible. No, that's not fun at all. Oh. So that was a waste of an afternoon. But well, damn, I'm sorry to hear that. It is what it is. Yeah, well, hey, listen, um, this episode is going to be just epic because we have so much to talk about. Oh and my it's God. all related to baseball. And, and most importantly, this is the official Jabba Chamberlain episode, episode 62 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC, which I'm sure would be Jabba's favorite bar if he still lived in New York. I would say so. And sadly, we couldn't get Jabba Chamberlain to come on the podcast. Yeah, Maybe mostly because be neither one of us actually tried to. <laughs> yeah, shh, don't tell. Um, so that might be something that down the line we could strive to do. I think 162. Episode yeah. 162. We'll go back for Java. But yeah, today is today is the Java Chamberlain episode, and both of us are uh, self-proclaimed Java fans. I, I, there wasn't really like a a term for his fans. They're just fans, I guess. I think just just Yankees fans. Because if you were a Yankee fan, uh, you loved Java Chamberlain. You had to be a real asshole not to like Java Chamberlain. Oh yeah, for sure. Java Chamberlain was and honestly I, I kind of was thinking about this when we were discussing a little bit more last week he was one of those guys that literally just hyped up the game of baseball like he was he was all emotional pumped up hyped up way before that was even a thing so I I think it's safe to say he might have started it it was awesome yeah I mean he was definitely one of those guys where it's like the old school guys are gonna hate it because he's real in your face and he's like hey like I just struck everybody out, so I'm just going to motherfuck the shit out of everybody. And that's like, that's the CC vein right there. Right. And it's like right. when you know that you can just dominate someone, you got to let them know. You got to right. let them know immediately and do it really loudly in the Bronx. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Jabba Chamberlain really made such a difference for that Yankees team. And it's, it's so sad that he didn't turn out to be exactly what the Yankees wanted. I mean, he had such, such a high ceiling. But he did phenomenally well for being in his position and having to follow all those rules. And, like, they really looked after him and made sure that this guy was taken care of. Absolutely. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Like, trying to make him a starter was maybe the dumbest thing ever. That's, yeah. that's, what, that's what messed up Jabba Chamberlain's career. Absolutely. Which is why I'm so against that, doing that with, like, Luis Sessa, Chad Green, the back and forth and things like that. You just you build them up as a certain piece in the bullpen and I feel like that just that works once you start in the bullpen I really don't feel like going to be either an opener or a starter is just an option anymore I mean I that's just my personal opinion yeah once once you hit the bullpen once a team has said like hey like we like you a lot we think you have great stuff you just you aren't having success as a starter so we're going to move you to the bullpen and just go out there and let it eat you just mm -hmm. you don't go back you maybe right. when you first come up as a rookie, they're like, hey, like, we're just trying to get you some innings at the major league level. We still see you as a starter. But once they say, like, listen, you're a bullpen guy. It is what it is. Just go out there. Let it eat. You're a bullpen guy for life. You never go back. And if you go right. back, you're probably not that good of a starter. Right. Exactly. And you know what I, I also noticed, too? I was kind of going through his, even just his Wikipedia page, kind of like going back through and 
really reliving the the Jabba Chamberlain days. But obviously, you know, he had that. Uh, we love to talk about the Cleveland Midges, which, by the way, should be their team name. Thank you, Phil Hughes, for the it's suggestion. Not bad. It's not yeah, bad. Not bad at all. But, um, you know, obviously he had that instance in the ALCS. And then when it came to the beginning of the 2008 season, they immediately said he's going to start in the bullpen. We're going to take the restrictions off and things like that. And I feel like that was just his downfall. I mean, his first start, he only lasted two and a third innings, like a bullpen potential pitcher would. You know, if you're in the bullpen, you're not pitching more than two and a third innings. I mean, if you are, then you're one of those middle relievers that basically is a failed starter. Like, yeah, and I mean, it was it was before the age of the bullpen arm. Back then, if you were in the bullpen, it was like, all right, this guy's just not good enough to be a starter, so we're right. just going to have him max out for an inning. Now, it's like, you come up through the system as a bullpen mm-hmm. guy, and they're like, this is your role. You're going to get paid a lot of money to do this role because as analytics have progressed, we've realized that starters pitching deep into games – it's not a good thing. You have to be like a truly, truly elite starter to get that fourth time through the lineup. Even the right. third time, people are now saying like, listen, we're going to give you the lineup twice. If you're not in trouble, you know, maybe you go out, you get the first three guys the third time, but we're not pushing you in this game. We're not going to let everybody see you three times because the numbers look really shitty after we do that. Right, so we're right. going to stack up on bullpen arms and that would have been Jabba Chamberlain. Even if he could give you if you stretched them out a little bit and you say, all right, you get two innings, Jabba, you know, innings six and seven right there, turning it over to David Robertson and Mariano Rivera, like, holy bullpen. Yeah, that's, right? just, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Now, in terms of, like, favorite moments from Jabba Chamberlain, obviously the big one everyone remembers, which can't really be a favorite moment because it's just sad and depressing, you know, the whole Cleveland thing. Um, for me – when he was a starter and he was, he was struggling. He did okay. You know, he, he didn't do terrible. He ended the 2018 season with, uh, or I'm sorry, 2018, 2008 season with a three and one record and ended up with eight, no decisions, which is just absurd. But besides the point, um, in July of that year, he faced the Red Sox and he faced off against Josh Beckett and threw seven shutout innings and only allowed three hits and struck out nine. Like, how fun is that to see like your young guy step up in such a big moment, beat Josh Beckett, who I despise. Josh Beckett's a dick. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that was the other term I was going to use, but I just chose this one. I thought no, you're still, you're, there. you're trying to be PC for your parents. I'm sorry. You apologized. <laughs> yeah. You had censor. You say, I'm sorry. I cursed last week. I was really upset. And James is also sorry. He's not going to stop cursing, but he is very sorry. You don't have to apologize. It's okay. No, no, no. Um, But yes, so that was one of my favorite Jabba Chamberlain moments, even though it wasn't out of the bullpen. But I did enjoy seeing him come out of the bullpen every time because you literally were, as he's coming out of the bullpen, you're like writing down on your notepad. You're like, okay, well, did he rest at least two days? Because he threw this many pitches the other day is it is he okay to go today or should they wait for tomorrow like you were trying to follow all the rules as well it was it was pretty entertaining yeah it was a lot when he first came up oh yeah absolutely it was there was literally just like a laundry list of java rules that had to be followed in fact i'll see if i can find them too because it's just it's kind of funny to look back at it now because nobody is held to this type of thing except maybe otani uh, with the angels. Yeah. So and he's, different. he's a special case. Cause he's also hitting right. three days out of the week. Right. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. We just can't have this guy, you know, playing the right. field and throwing every fifth day. Like it's just, yeah, it's not going to work. Right. But, but like yeah. the, just the fact that like he, they had to do this, it wasn't like he was, you know, a, an extreme special case like Otani is like, he just is a, was a really good prospect and they were just trying to be as safe as possible. And then all of a sudden 2008 threw it out the window and what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. I didn't know there was apparently an urban dictionary definition for Java rules. Oh, there's an urban dictionary definition for everything. I know, but it's just kind of funny that it's here. Like it just, I couldn't pick a favorite Jabba moment. I, I looked yeah. at a bunch of highlights and I was like, I don't know. Like it was just kind of just, it was just a mindset of like Jabba's in this fucking game. Like Jabba's the best. It was That's the true. Jabba Chamberlain mindset. You know, I don't think that it was actually like, nobody looks at his stats. Nobody looks at anything like that. They don't really even look at his pitching style. They just kind of 
they know him by the rules and they know him by the attitude. And he was pumped to be there. Like he was so excited to be on the Yankees. So yeah, I, I think it's just kind of, a, you're right. It's kind of an attitude as opposed to actually looking at the stats or anything. You still looking for the Jabba rules? Well, yeah, I am, but I can't find them. So. That's fine. We have a you lot know. of actual baseball to talk about too. I know this is great. What, what do you want to start with? Uh, I mean, I think we have to start with the inner squad games. Yeah, it was like something actually happened. Like live baseball was played. I right. watched baseball on my television and I didn't know what the outcome was going to be already. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. I have such a hard problem going back and like watching old games. I know you don't. You love watching for the nostalgia. I but I like, really enjoy watching old games. I, like, I have a really time. hard time doing that because I'm like, I just know how this ends already. I know this story already happened. Right. I know what's I know how it's going to end. It's going to end with Aaron Hicks making an incredible catch in center field. It's going to end with uh, DJ LeMahieu with a walk-off hit. It's going to mm-hmm. end with Mariano Rivera striking out the last batter a million times. Like it's just uh, I, I just know news. it. Old news. old news. We knew exactly what was happening. Um yeah, so actually it's funny that you mentioned the old games too is because I've literally for the past 2 months been watching inning by inning because I always start it too late the um that game in Minnesota uh with Aaron Hicks's diving catch to end the game great I've been I literally can't stay awake for it so I watch it inning by inning and so it's just like keep going and I'm like okay I stopped at the fifth inning now I gotta watch the sixth inning but oh my god it's so funny but yeah I mean inner squad games uh pretty awesome lineups entirely stacked to one side like let's oh yeah they didn't even pretend to try to make it like a fair <laughs> matchup no uh starters and uh you know the other guys that probably don't have a chance to start but you know we're gonna give you an opportunity to pretend to start here yeah let's just take some at bats off garrett cole why not why not well miggy's not afraid uh miguel no. and Duhar launched and it wasn't like a, a cheapy like he he hit that well and the helicopter is back and yeah, I, he got that he got that 10 rows deep in the right field that's a homer anywhere yeah exactly so miguel andujar um hit a home run off garrett cole garrett cole pitched yesterday um and that was honestly it was really fun to see him on the mound and to see his attitude the intensity he brought to an inner squad game was incredible yeah, it was absolutely unbelievable. The guy is a fucking lunatic, and yeah. I could not be happier. Like he gave up. Um, it was the third out of an inning. It was a fly ball to left field that like almost made it to the track. It didn't even make it to the track. It was just almost there, and he was just like standing there, like fuck, man, that was such a terrible pitch. Can't believe he almost hit that out. God damn it! And he's like, "This is your own team. Like we're practicing here. This is a scrimmage. It's okay, Garrett." I- Right. And I mean, even like with the whole Miguel and Duhar thing, he was so disappointed in himself, which I get. It's never fun to give up home runs, especially in the first inning. Just ask Jay Happ. Um, but oh, my I mean, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but really, though, I, I respect the attitude and the approach that he has to this game. Like I, you know, I, I obviously knew that Garrett Cole was very good and I was excited to see him pitch. But this whole this whole attitude and the way he carries himself and the way he's constantly wanting to learn more and be better is just it's mind-boggling to me it's phenomenal i'm so glad that the yankees signed him and yeah he's probably going to be worth this money because he's he's going to be a legitimate ace for years right Uh, did you see did you see the john boy breakdown of the andrew home run (laughs) yeah like they wouldn't give him a new ball, right? Yeah, that's just a little asterisk on the whole home run of it all. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, DFA Cole, DFA Cole, partially as a joke. And some people saying, I can't believe we paid this guy $320 million over nine years because they're mm-hmm. idiots. But right. just like, he gets, this, he gets this ball and he's like, I don't like this ball. I want another one. And I go, I mean, we're not going to give you another one. We're just practicing. It's not a real game. Just throw that ball. So he throws the ball, gives up a home run on the first pitch. And he's like, I mean, what am I supposed to do? They gave me a bad ball. They just gave me the ball I wanted. Yeah. This guy, he's just so intense. It's amazing. Right. I I really enjoy it. And I feel like that's, that's going to bode so well with this team because I feel like he is going to have that intensity, but like, 
with the way I saw him interact with the other players too, just really made me feel good about this whole thing. Because obviously some of the other players, super loosey goosey, you know, like to take it easy. A lot of them are younger. Labor Torres just loves to have fun, loves being out there. And I am really looking forward to seeing those two personalities come together and, you know, hey, listen, the guy wants to win. I mean, he wouldn't have come to the Yankees if he didn't want to win. That's no, the we, we win here. We win ball games. Right, right. And I was, I mean, we, just looking back at spring training, we saw that he came in the first week and he was like, I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking the art of pitching with pitching coach Matt Blake, who I had totally forgotten about until this week. Uh, and he's just like, he is obsessed with talking pitching. He's a natural leader. He's going to be huge for the rotation going forward. So we got a lot of young arms and we got a lot of young arms who still have to come up. One of them, Clark Schmidt, was amazing on Monday. Yes, yes. he was next on my list. I, I didn't get to watch that one, but I was seeing highlights and his pitches were just straight filth, just disgusting. It was. I mean, he made, he made them look absolutely foolish. I mean, Glaber Torres, like, fall away from the plate on a, on a curveball. And it was just like, it, I mean, Glaber Torres is one of the best hitters in the league. And this guy, Clark Schmidt, he's never pitched above double A. We were looking at him as maybe an option if somebody gets hurt here and we need, like, a short-term option. We don't have to go out and sign someone. Like, Clark Schmidt, he can give you, you know, five pretty good starts. And maybe in September he's a bullpen guy. Who knows? But now it's like, whoa, like Clark Schmidt might be coming from Monty's spot. That he, he was absolutely disgusting. Some of the movement I saw on those pitches was just absurd. Like eliciting those freaking Todd Frazier half swings from the ALCS. That was the type of movement he had on his pitches. Like they could not decide whether they wanted to swing or not. And it ended up being a strike anyway. You might as well just swing every single time. Of course. And he's never pitched against guys this good at hitting. This is his first time you're looking at John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez. And he's like, I'm not afraid of these guys. I'm going to strike them the fuck out. That's amazing. Especially like looking at the lineup that he was facing in general. It was best lineup in baseball. That was Jay Happ versus Clark Schmidt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did see a lot of people on Twitter before that game even started. They were like, oh, well, they're just feeding Clark Schmidt to the Sharks. Well, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. They did, but he came through. He was awesome. And Garrett Cole, the next day, uh, ended up doing five innings, one hit, one run, which was the Miggy home run, and then he struck out six. So, Yeah, not a bad day of work. Not a bad day at the office. I'll take it. I think it's worth some of the money, at least. Yeah, I mean, even across the board, but Jay Happ and Michael King both, they were both (laughs) pretty solid. Uh, Happ still looks whippy as hell. Mm -hmm. Big spring training addition. Go, this Jay Happ guy, he had a pretty good end to last season and he looks real whippy. His fastball velocity is up a little bit. Who knows? Who knows? Right, then, exactly. I mean, the, right now things are looking great, but um, hey, you just don't know. And DC Sabathia shagging fly balls. I mean, come on. You really don't think that he would come back for a 60 game season? He's ready. He wants I mean, to go. No, he's too skinny now. He's too skinny to pitch. Well, then maybe he can be a bench coach. I would love that. I would just love having CC around and just like, yeah. just take regular visits to the booth and do commentary for a couple innings. Like, so oh, that would be awesome. And he yeah. really does look unbelievable. Looks, it's amazing. I want to know what his workout plan was, what his like food plan was and everything like that. That is just absurd to think about. Yeah. But I never thought CC Sabathia would make me self-conscious about my body. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> well, hey, he looks phenomenal. And guess what? You all can too. So anyone that's like looking to lose weight or something like that and feel good about themselves, just look at Cece. Inspirational story. You can do it. You just got to put your mind to it. Cece did it. So I should probably stop drinking Sprite if I want to look like Cece. Uh, you know, this is going to sound very strange. To me, Sprite is like, not it's like water bright is like water that's what in i think terms, of too in terms of all the sodas you know like one of the better ones of the sodas it's not it's no. just the way i think it's like to me i think marshmallows don't have calories because they're <laughs> that's, air, ridiculous. You know? that's ridiculous that's <laughs> ridiculous i mean 
they're just they're fluffy and they're made of air so therefore no calories like that's in fair. my mind that's, that's how it works now listen it's sprite is better the than summer, the alternative it's better than the alternative uh the worst thing my mom ever did for me was get me hooked on dr pepper she's a huge mm. dr pepper addict she's gonna listen to this and i'm gonna get a phone call i can't believe you told everyone i was a dr pepper addict it's so unfair like no <laughs> sorry miss kelly <laughs> Yeah, sorry, mom, but you turned me into a monster. We were Uh-oh. drinking three, four, five, six Dr. Peppers a day. It was Ooh, unbelievable. I have a, a friend, yeah, I have a friend who does that with Pepsi right now. So, mm, yeah. yeah, Dr. Pepper is okay. a different beast. Get it. All right, that was our tangent for the day. Um, <laughs> Back on topic. Also, also wanted to add in that uh, Tyro Estrada homered, which was awesome. Off Love Tommy Canely. I think we're starting to worry if without fans, Tommy Canely's not that great a pitcher. Without fans, without Red Bull. I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, how is he going to get his energy up? He's just going to be pitching to an empty stadium. I feel like they got to get like, they got to like blast ACDC into the stadium when Tommy Canley's pitching. Just for Tommy Canley. Um, You know what's interesting? And I feel like I heard this from somewhere else. Are there places that are selling cardboard cutouts to put in the seats? Yes, they are. I know Oakland's one of them. I don't know. I know there are other places doing them. I don't know which teams they are. But for Oakland, you can pay anywhere between like fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars. And if your cutout gets hit by a foul ball, you get to keep the foul ball. They send it to you. Okay, so like, what are the the cutouts of like the you. people? It's, but like, yeah, are it's they you. you? Yeah, it's you. Okay. You like take. I, a, like, I guess you no take like a full of picture yet, of yourself. I was gonna think of it. Yeah, I guess you take like a Sweet. full picture of yourself and you say, hey, like, this is my cardboard cutout. So Put it like, behind home plate. You could do like any pose. You could do like finger guns. I guess. You could have, yeah. you could have a glove up here. You could do that too. That if the Yankees awesome. do this, are you going to do finger finger guns? Oh, for sure. I'm buying like six cutouts. So everywhere they go, I'll put my my Twitter handle on them too. Like just to make sure that the brand is recognized. Oh, yeah. Got to rep the brand. One has to be in left field for sure. <laughs> you know what you gotta um, do you just gotta buy everything behind home plate and just be like anything that could show up on the broadcast like that's just Army your cardboard cut out invest like yeah invest like ten thousand dollars into that and it's just you behind home plate this could totally be a thing if i had the kind of money that you're asking for and they're probably asking for but yeah. um speaking of left field Brett gardner helping Garrett Cole feel at home in his first time actually pitching game-like on the mound by doing his roll call performance. I am Fantastic. so glad. I have to imagine the bullpen was actually doing roll call. Like, there's oh, no way that just, like, sure. occurred to him. Like, hey, like, the camera might be on me, so let's just, you know, do a little one of these and do my roll call. No one's actually calling for it, but. Right. Well, listen, Brett Gardner looks like he's in mid-season form with that roll call performance. Like, you know, he does the, he does the kneel down and the flex because definitely memorized it. Um, but he was doing that and you could see it on the broadcast on the Yes Network and it was, it was very entertaining. So I'm very glad he did that. You know, hopefully helping Garrett Cole feel a little bit more at home and being like, yo, this is what we do. If there were people here, we're still going to do it though. You don't do it though. You don't do it. It's just the rest of no, us. No, 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 no. We do it you, behind you. Do you do your thing. You you black out the entire you know the entire stadium and you just throw strikes, man. Like we'll take care of the rest. Come to think of it, this really doesn't affect you at all. I really just wanted to flex to the bullpen. Well, for sure. I mean, Guardy's been he's been working this off season. Um, speaking of Guardy, I just I, I wrote up today about doing the roll call, but also I'm not sure my I'm not sure if you know, but my favorite season is here, and it's. Yankees commercial season. I love, love Yankee the, commercial season. I love the dad jokes. I love the terrible acting. They are baseball players, not actors. We just have to keep reminding ourselves. Don't tell that um, to Chad Green. <laughs> Chad Green deserves an Oscar. Stole the he, show. Every, yeah, every single time. Like, it's ridiculous. But today's was about Aaron Judge, uh, solely focused on Aaron Judge being that everyday superhero, you know, saving the, uh, the pen cup from falling off the desk from Aaron Boone. I have to say, the best part was when Brett Gardner left his coffee in the parking lot. And Aaron Judge just walks by and he's like, mm, you know what? This looks like Gardy's coffee. I should probably throw it to him from here. So, you know, laser arm, tosses it into the dugout, 
hits the back wall and then lands right side up. Fantastic. The cop landed right side up. I want to know how many takes that took. And I want to know why Brett Gardner didn't react better because that was amazing. He probably did. It probably wasn't scripted at all. Cause I don't think, I mean, I'm gonna have to go back and look at the commercial and see if the bench was dry. Like if the bench was wet beforehand, then we know they did like a million takes and then they finally got one. But if the bench is dry, that's like, this wasn't scripted, but holy shit, that just happened. All right, but cut like, this one, print it. So then, so then maybe Brett Gardner deserves an Oscar as well because he didn't even react. Like he wasn't like, oh my God. But of course they could have easily, you know, technology, they could do it, but still amazing. It was amazing. That was the best part of the whole commercial. Yeah, I hope we're getting more. Uh, I want to know how long Tommy Canley bullied Chad Green before Chad accepted the commercial role. Because uh, you know he didn't do it on his own. You know he didn't do it on his own. You know, <laughs> they were in the team meeting. And I was like, all right, we need some volunteers for this commercial. Uh, Tommy. And Tommy's just like, no, Chad, Tommy. Chad, let Chad do it. Chad will do it. Chad will do it. Tommy Canley's behind Chad Green, like lifting his arm up. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah no those commercials are always the best always hilarious and i also have to give a shout out to the yes network for all their content that they're doing maybe it's just because they actually have content to work with now but i'm really really enjoying it seeing all the pictures of the guys just having fun flavor torres popping up in front of the camera with his little scruff like this that was awesome this is good stuff this is real good stuff and i can't wait till they finally mic up some players because it needs to be done I can't believe they didn't do that for the inner squad game. I'm really mad at myself for not thinking of it sooner and tweeting it to the yes network. Just have someone be like, hold on, like let's get some supervisors in here. This guy might have something. Cause I mean, so, just trash talking in an inner squad scrimmage. Like that would have been fantastic. Tommy Canley just, well, honestly, he was probably sitting in the bullpen, just yelling at people and they should have had him commentate. They should have yeah. had him doing the color. <laughs> Um, maybe they'll do it when they play the Phillies because they're supposed to do an, um, kind of like a, I guess, scrimmage, whatever. I don't know what they're calling them, but they're supposed to play the Mets and the Phillies, I believe, um, prior to the season starting. They're supposed to play the Phillies on July 20th. So that would actually be a really good opportunity because you've also got Joe Girardi there. You got David Robertson. You've got Didi, who hit a grand slam today at Phillies camp. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I missed that home run trot. Definitely the swaggiest trot that anyone on the Yankees had last year. I mean, it's just, it's smooth. He doesn't do anything too crazy, but it's just, you know, it's just oozing swag. The sweet, sweet swing and the bat drop and just everything. And you know what? I tweeted this earlier and I'm going to repeat it again. If Didi Gregorius can hit a grand slam and run around the bases at full trot speed, which isn't too fast, but still in 90 degree weather while wearing a mask you can probably wear a mask, mask too. to the grocery store or wherever you need to because this is getting ridiculous yeah my mask is too far away for a visual demonstration yeah. this time yeah. last week it worked great but also aubrey huff is now i am genuinely concerned that he is a public health menace mm, i don't think he even cares anymore i think he just wants to be a menace and he's an idiot it's yeah honestly i've stopped i think i blocked him eventually so i keep seeing you like tweet things and i'm like who is he tweeting at oh it's it's aubrey huff that guy's a dick oh okay. but, all right let's refocus again okay. um we um, did have a couple scary things this week okay so listen i was in the lake just like hanging out in my tubes and stuff like that and i was like oh my gosh i should get my phone because you know the yankees practice started do 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 go get my phone go sit in the tube First thing that pops up is all of Twitter exploding. And I'm like, what's going on? Masahiro Tanaka just getting wrecked. And I, I admit, I retweeted the video. He, um, uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit a laser line drive, 112 miles per hour, I think, off the bat. Yeah, and, that's what it was. Yeah, and whacked Tanaka in the head while he was pitching. Right in the head. Didn't even skim him. and got him right, right. in the forehead. Super a scary. A lot of people are saying, well, why wasn't there a net up? Well, apparently the pitchers have the, the option to say, yes, I want to use a net or no, I do not want to use a net. And 
I honestly, at this point, don't blame him because you're trying to get ready for the season. It's harder to pitch behind a net than it is to actually visualize and pitch right to your catcher. So yeah, but that was terrifying. Really, really scary. Yeah. And it's one of like, it's the greatest fear of a pitcher is getting a comeback or like that. Cause you know, there's, there's no way to work around it. Like you just have to accept that that's an occupational hazard when you're a pitcher, just like if you play third base in softball, you have to accept the fact that everyone's going to hit line drives directly at your face. Like you just, it's just one of those things that you have to accept and you can't pitch around it. And sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you get your glove up in time. And sometimes you get these super scary moments where the world's strongest man hits a tiny ball with a wooden bat directly at your face and credit to Masahiro Tanaka because that guy is a fucking superhero to walk away with only a mild concussion. And he's, he hasn't had any real symptoms today, yesterday, like, He's walking around like he's totally fine. Right. The, I, the worst part is the fact that, A, it happened on the very first day back. Yeah. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? This, of course. This is 2019. Right. And just the fact that that is, especially getting hit right in the head, is such a rarity. There are so many angles to hit the ball. And just having it go right back to your head, that's, ugh. And the most unfortunate fact is, of course, it was um, John Carlos Stanton. Because literally so many people were like, oh, it's all his fault. And I'm like, it's not. It's not his fault. Yes, he hit the ball and he hit it right back to the pitcher. But like. It happens. Uh, it, happens. it happens. You can't And talk about a guy who knows. Like talk about a guy who knows what it's like to get hit with a fastball in the face. Stanton broke his entire face. He wears that face guard now because of this incident with Mike Fires. Uh, previously hated Mike Fires, now ethic hero. But it's just you hate yeah. to see it and you hate to relive those memories. And that's yeah. something that you just hope Tanaka doesn't try to pitch around. Because you say, I don't know. I don't want to leave one over the middle and get one back at me. I don't think he will because he's Masahiro Tanaka. He's an artist. He lives low anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I think he, his work is probably safe. But if you leave one over the middle of the plate, that is a real concern that a professional hitter will say, hey, look, this juicy fastball coming right over the middle of the plate. Let me take this back up the middle. And they just, ugh. Yeah, it was very, very unfortunate. But like you said, got to give credit to Masahiro Tanaka. The man does not go down. Even when he goes down with injury, he comes right back, and he's, it's like he never left. Absolute superhero. Been pitching yeah. with a partially torn UCL for years. People right. keep forgetting exactly. that. <laughs> That's like we could have Tanaka could have had Tommy John surgery like four years ago. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't. And he's just pitching. Right. Exactly. So very, very scary, very, very sad. Um, but it's he seems to be okay. He got released from the hospital the same day, hasn't had many symptoms. And the guys respect the hell out of him. You know, he especially coming back as soon as he did to camp and he was obviously he's doing light, very, very light workouts and stuff to make sure he doesn't have symptoms. But man, that guy is, I would say a machine, but we've, we've got someone else that's uh, taken that title. We've already got a machine. Speaking of DJ LeMahieu, the machine, uh, him and Luis Sessa have coronavirus. Correct. Um, DJ LeMahieu, uh, it sounded like was asymptomatic and Luis Sessa had very mild symptoms. Well, DJ uh, can't get coronavirus because he's a robot. That's a human exactly. virus. It doesn't affect robots. So you so can't listen, actually feel symptoms. COVID better run. It yes. Said, yep. It better go. Yes, because sir. Because now that DJ LeMahieu has his hands on coronavirus, it's over. It's he's done. currently computing the, the cure right now. Yeah. He's got the algorithm in place. He's ready. He's ready for this. So you know what? COVID, I can't swear. You done messed up. <laughs> you done messed up, my friend. You went to the wrong robot. No, I can see the wheels turning in your head when you're like about to swear. And you're like, wait, hold on. Let me come up with another word really quick. I think I'm doing really well. No, you are. You are. Only <laughs> I can see it because we're on video here. No one right, else can right. see it. It just comes off nice and smooth. But I can see that moment when you realize the next word you're going to say is like, fuck. 
But yeah, so they both have COVID. Um, they, I believe they were tested before they even came. So they weren't even at camp. Yeah, it wasn't part of the intake. It was just right. they wanted to get tested before they came in. They said, Which hey, you great. have coronavirus. And yeah, great move, obviously. I think everyone has to do that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if you have to get tested before you can even show up and then get tested again. Um, but yeah, so they, they, didn't even, they didn't even show up. They're not quarantining in New York. They're still at home. Absolutely. So good, you know, wishing them the best of luck and, um, you know, making sure they're, they're healthy for this season because a season without DJ LeMahieu or even any time without DJ LeMahieu is very, very depressing. Yeah, that would be, that would be catastrophic for DJ's free agency too. If he wasn't able to suit up for any reason for an extended period of time, like we're talking about a guy who last year was an MVP candidate and the year before that was not that good. And now he's finally looking to like, hey, like, let's get a nice big deal. Let's have a good 2020 and get a nice big deal. Who knows right. if that happens? So um, many other reasons. Yeah, yeah. So I have to tell you, uh, well, first of all, um, Jonathan Loizaga rejoining the Yankees after he's had apparently some travel delays. I wasn't sure what the deal was, but apparently he's with the Yankees right now. So he's back. Another guy that I forgot about that was looking for a spot in the rotation, but he's back. He's I, still, I still like Louisa guy as a bullpen guy. I think he's going to play up to 98, 99 with the fastball if he's only in the bullpen, and I like that a lot. I, I could see that, and I would definitely enjoy having that in the bullpen, especially after losing Dellen Batanzas. Oh, I miss Dellen. I miss him so much. I saw him throw in a Mets uniform for the first time. It was like I, I ignored it in spring training, and now it's like, Damn it, he's actually gone. Um, and on the on the ex-Yankees line of thinking here, because we did talk about Didi a little earlier, Sonny Gray was mm -hmm. named the opening day starter for the Cincinnati Reds. Kudos, kudos, golf clap. Good for Sonny Gray. We don't hate yeah. Sonny Gray. We are a shockingly pro Sonny Gray podcast. I mean, every podcast should be. Let's be completely honest if you're not pro sunny gray you really are just probably a bandwagon fan i'm gonna yeah, i mean listen sunny gray is one of the nicest people ever and he's a great pitcher he just wasn't great in new york it just wasn't for him sometimes right. new york just isn't for somebody i am more than happy to watch him succeed elsewhere as long as he doesn't make it to the world series i'm more than happy to watch him succeed elsewhere if it's nowhere in the al east totally fine with me just stay in the nl central just dominate that division. Yeah, the Reds are looking surprisingly good this year. Uh, mm -hmm. Nicholas Castellanos said he chose a National League team because he wanted to play defense, and now they're going to have the universal DH, which is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard because he is statistically one of the worst defenders ever. So I don't really, I don't really know what he's going for there. He's you, like, you just got called out. Yeah, I mean, he's a terrible defender, and he's just like, yeah, like I knew if I went to an American League team, they'd put me at DH, and I wanted to play defense. I was like, but, but Nick, you're really bad at that. We're going to have to work uh, around that somehow. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, it's um, – I was also looking a little bit at the, the schedule for the Yankees and stuff, and – it seemed kind of top heavy, you know, like some of the harder games in the beginning of the year. But I got a bone to pick with Newman about that. Oh yeah, yeah, go. Newman, Newman, Kyle Newman, he's the Mets guy for us. So that uh -huh. the Yankees completely lucked out in that it's being rigged for them. I disagree, Kyle. I disagree. First of all, the first half is really, really tough. Second of all, the Toronto Blue Jays are not a team to be reckoned with. They are a good team of young, talented guys. They have Nate Pearson is probably going to be called up this year. And I just saw a highlight of him throwing 101. So I'm not really, I'm not really messing with that guy. They just got Hyunjin Ryu, who we absolutely destroyed last year when he was with the Dodgers. So I am looking forward to seeing him again. But mm -hmm. a Cy Young caliber pitcher nonetheless. And it's just they're Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, Kevin Vigio. Like, this is a really good team. You got to give them a little bit more credit when we play them seven times in the month of September. And it's like, you guys don't play anybody in September. You just walk right into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, 20 of their final 23 games are against the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and the Marlins. Yeah. And I mean, listen, the Orioles and the Marlins, that's yeah, fair that's game. It. Fair game. They're terrible. Yeah. 
But the Blue Jays are not a team that's just to be walked over. That's a good team. I think they're really going to take advantage of this shortened season because, because they are that type of team. Like they definitely go through spurts where they are, they're much better, but honestly, I could see them doing really, really well. And I know we've talked about this on a podcast earlier this year about potential surprise teams to see in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays are the ones that are giving the Yankees the run for uh, the AL East title. Absolutely. My top two surprise teams are the Padres and the Blue Jays because they're so young. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if this team just catches lightning in the bottle and goes on a quick, like eight, nine game win streak, we're talking about a team that could potentially just win the division outright. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. how, that's how much a 10 game win streak means to this season that yeah. you can just win the entire thing. I think somebody yeah. did the math on it uh, and put it out on the broadcast Tuesday or Monday. They said, if you have a six game losing streak this season, it's the equivalent of having a 17 game losing streak in the, in a regular 162 game season. Do you know anyone who's had a 17 game losing streak and still made the playoffs? That's anyone who's even had a 17 game losing streak. That's honestly absurd to think about. That's crazy to put that into perspective. Yeah. That's how important a hot week for the blue Jays could be. And that's a team that could get hot so fast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a whole new perspective. You learn something new every day, right? Absolutely. Math podcast. Math. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all I have on my list of baseball news, unless, you know, obviously more pops up because sometimes that just happens now. So one of the big things is obviously, um, the commercials. I'm looking forward to more commercials. Me too. And on a more serious note, uh, there are a lot of players who are still thinking about opting out, including Mike Trout. Just a friendly reminder to everybody that while we may think we have beaten this global pandemic, the global pandemic does not. So wear your masks. Uh, Don't get on players for saying they're opting out because what they're doing is protecting themselves and their families. And if you think this person is just a statistic in your lineup, you're a dick. Yep. And just be smart. Yeah, um, I, I really respected a lot of people who felt like, first of all, felt like they had to make statements um, to opt out of the season because of their fans and stuff like that. But I've seen some really crappy responses from people that are just, they don't understand. It's, it's very obvious that, you know, they are, they are lucky that they don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. But you know what? Some people who have newborn children at home or who are going to be traveling to different places and want to see their family they're, they're trying to do what's best for them. And if that's, that's the most important thing right now. So, you know what, like people like Ian Desmond, like everyone was like, Oh, why is he opting out? Who cares? It's he doesn't want to totally play his stage. choice. Totally his right. choice. And listen, right. I'm not, I'm not personally scared of the coronavirus if I'm infected. Cause I'm a, I'm a young person. I don't have any direct family members around me. I live alone. So I'm not, if I get sick, I'm going to get sick and I'm going to deal with it on my own. If I were a professional baseball player trying to restart the league with thousands of people there every, every single day. And I say, Oh, well, if I get infected, I'm Mike Trout and I can't go see my newborn baby for 14 days. I'm Garrett Cole. I can't go home. Also congratulations to Garrett Cole and Amy Cole on the birth of their son, Caden. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be the world's first super athlete. Um, but like, I would not blame Garrett Cole at all if he said, mm-hmm. listen, I'm just not going to do it this year because I have yeah. a newborn baby at home and this is right. just too big a risk. Right, exactly. But people will. And, and if you do that, honest, you're a dick. Honestly, I don't feel like anyone even has to um, explain why they're doing what they're doing because we should understand. But like players like Mike Leak, um, and let's see who else. I'm, I'm going through a list here. Nick Markakis. Freddie Freeman um, has coronavirus. That's like, you're looking at the Braves and you're looking like, we got guys opting out. We have our star player, uh, Freddie Freeman, star first baseman, who actually has it and is feeling symptoms. Like, right. it's just, pretty it's, badly, too. Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah. And I mean, even, uh, you know what? I, I hate on the guy all the time, but David Price, you know, he's also the one that offered to pay all of these minor league players, and now he's opting out of the season for his own health and his family's health. I mean, 
good for him. Like absolutely, I respect I'm, the I respect the hell out right. of David Price for what he's done this yeah. off season because he yeah, didn't. Me too. He didn't like announce to anyone that he was helping out those minor leaguers. Somebody just found out and they alerted yeah. the press. Like he was perfectly content to just go all summer, just paying people what they were supposed to be getting, even though there was not going to be any baseball. So good for David Price. Uh, I mean, you just can't hate on him for trying to be healthy and keep his family healthy, even if you want to make jokes about how he's afraid of Gary Sanchez, so he wants to stop playing baseball. Right. Um, And I just found an article here uh, about Joe West. We know Joe West. No, we know Joe West. Joe West is not opting out of the season and has also conveniently expressed – skepticism about how many of the deaths in the u.s have been a result of covid oh that's nice so joe west is a terrible umpire and also a piece of shit well so yes it seems as though he has a conspiracy theory about covid and he still wants to play or he still wants to uh ump and honestly it's just making me not like him a whole lot more cowboy joe west just he just needs to be the star of the show I'll never understand that. My entire life, I've never understood that. An umpire who's like, everybody's here to see me, right? We're here to see me. Like, I'm going to do something crazy, throw somebody out, make some bad calls. Like, well, the camera's always on me, so, you know, yeah, it must be all about Joe me. West. It reminds me of when they all wore the bands on their arms to protest people being mean to umpires. <laughs> I was like, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> The only reason people are mean to umpires is because they're not doing a great job. Yeah, you're doing a shitty job. That's why we're mean to you. Yeah. You or just took you the just, bat out of my hands for no reason. Or you, uh, you know, throw people out of the game because you think that they're yelling something from the dugout, but really it was uh, Andrew McCutcheon and Andrew Cameron Maben. I remember this one. It was Cam- Cameron Maben bought him dinner after too. He was like, "Listen, Guardy, I'm sorry for getting you thrown out of this game. I was the one complaining, and he just went right after you." I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm just spitballing here. Like that could be why players don't always like you. No, absolutely. And uh, it's just yeah. oh, the umpire complex and be like, "Yeah, you want me to throw you out? You want me to throw you out? Give me a reason. Give me I a can reason." Do it. Like, you just have this, like, inferiority complex. I just mm-hmm. don't get it. Yeah, whatever. You know what? I'm changing my take on umpires. Bring me the robo-umps. Bring them. I'm mad now. I got mad at Joe West. I want robo-umps. Bring them. Well, the robo-umps. <laughs> robo-umps. My bad. Robo-umps cannot get COVID. That's true. Neither can DJ LeMahieu. So really, we're just kind of helping to stop the spread of this uh, this virus here by giving robo-umps and also eliminating people from having to suffer through a game called by Angel Hernandez and Joe West. Big facts. The Yankees bullpen catcher is a better umpire than Angel Hernandez. Pretty good, huh? Pretty good. All right. I think that's all I got. What do you got? Um, we covered everything on my list and it was all baseball related, which is awesome. Yes. Besides Um, for that brief detour into the world of Dr. Pepper, like we nailed it. I think so too. Um, I'm actually, I'm going on vacation this weekend, just letting everyone know. And we're, we're doing, um, we're doing a PowerPoint party. Have you heard of those? I have not. So basically you, you create a PowerPoint um, and then what happens is you have to, you have to present it. It's gotta be something you're passionate about. And of course, usually it's like after a long day of, you know, so yes, drinking, drinking for the so people who don't have, have the video camera. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so it's, um, it's supposed to be under three minutes and it's supposed to be something that you're passionate about. So like, um, it could really be anything, but like you want to make it as entertaining as possible. Job so mine is um, the foolproof way to win the bachelor. And oh, that's interesting. So I have it all figured out the entrance, the outfits, the introduction, the first night. And really to be completely honest, you want to get kicked off the first night because that's how you win. How do you win you if you get kicked be, off the first You don't want to be stuck with a man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's okay. That's the big stuck with a man. You want to get kicked out the first night. You get more Instagram followers, more Twitter followers. You people are like, wow, this person's quirky. 
And then good men will be like, yep, this is the girl I want. So either when you get kicked off, you either get kicked off and you're like, yep, I'm single and life is great. Or he realizes that you're the one and then he leaves the entire show for you. So you don't have to go through it. <laughs> Fair Full enough. Proof. Okay. Full proof. Okay. I'm not, I'm not too I'm familiar really with the Bachelor. I watched the episode where the guy jumped over the fence and that was to this day, one of the most entertaining hours of television of my life. <laughs> but, yeah. I remember you were talking with Caroline about that. That's oh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It was, that was a really good season, but of course the, uh, the couple ended up breaking up. So he jumped over the fence for nothing. Bummer. Except for good old fashioned GIF entertainment. Okay. So I'm going to spend the weekend looking for a new place to live. Cause I'm an adult. Uh, Allison is going to spend the weekend getting super drunk and talking about the bachelor. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to talk about the bachelor. Yes. With other incentives for the bachelor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I get to listen to everyone else's presentations, but I did make a note in there that I would only join the bachelor. If the bachelor was Brett Gardner, Tyler Wade, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, side note. Uh, did you see Trevor Plouffe's top 10 most handsome players in baseball? And I Tyler Wade and was Brett not Gardner's on it? I did, not on there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we went to different places there. <laughs> but yes, I did see that because I voted the other day. Okay, because here, I think we agree that Tyler Wade is the most handsome man in baseball. Yeah, was he and not he on didn't even, Yeah, he didn't even make Plouffe's top 10. All right, but what is he – is he going by pure looks? Is he going by looks plus personality plus play, um, I think it just, you know, I think it's just level? pure looks. I think it was just who's no. the best looking. No, listen, like, have you um, – I don't really know how to describe this properly, but, like, ladies out there, you see, like, a guy playing sports, and you think that he's really attractive, and then all of a sudden he, like, does some really great sports things, and you're like, wow, he's ten times more attractive. It's a thing. So maybe it has to do with a bunch of different factors. I could ask him. I could, I could see. Maybe. I'm looking at it now. It's Ploof's top 10 hottest baseball players. Mm, okay. So if it says hottest, that, okay. He but didn't even make the honorable like, mentions. Tyler Wade's not even the honorable mentions. Well, you know what? Yankees, uh, Yankees Twitter didn't step up. No, can't imagine. I imagine if I open this tweet, there's going to be a whole lot of where the fuck is Tyler Wade at. Yeah, especially if it is, um, if it's circulating on Yankees Twitter, which honestly it probably is because John Boy is pretty close with, um, with Trevor Plouffe. So I would just imagine that that would be there. Absolutely. Whatever. I'll, I'll have a word with Plouffe about this. I'll yeah, get we'll in the talk, replies. We'll talk, We'll talk about that. But yes, no, I'm good. And I will finish up my presentation. It'll be great if anyone wants to see it. You know, I guess you have to give us five stars and then I show you. Yes, if you give us five stars, Allison will DM you her presentation. That's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, see, I think that's a good incentive for sure. Make sure you drop your Twitter handle in so she knows where to DM it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, All see right. you next week. Sounds good. Bye, guys.